Hello and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks to help bring your game at home up to the next level. My name's Jerry, aka Frieden. And I'm Jared, aka DMF. Today's topic, we'll be talking about post-game review and reflection. There's a lot of stuff about getting ready for the game, and there's a lot of stuff about running a game. But once the game ends, there's a lot of opportunity that we feel maybe a little bit missed to reflect on what the game was, how it went, compared to your expectations, what you can try to do better next time. And this isn't just for a DM. This is also for if you're playing in a game, when you finish a session, you can take a look back and see how it was. Or if you're watching a game online, if you're watching an episode of Dark Hounds or Critical Role or one of those other uh, episodes that they show online, you can think about it from a very objective point of view see what they did that you liked, what you didn't like, and how it can help your own game. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we do want to start off uh, when we're talking about all this and we're talking about reflection on the games is you should try to stay positive. Yeah, um, Constructive criticism, working it from an opportunity to improve, from angles of this is what I would like to see a little bit better, because it's so easy to tear something down that you can just rip anything apart. But trying to build it up is a challenge and makes us Think objectively, what did we like? What did we not like? And what could have been done to make us like that? Right. You know, how can we make it better? How can we improve to try to make a better game and bring it up to the next level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's if you start going from if you try to approach this from uh, an aspect where you're not trying to stay positive, it's going to be really easy to just fall down that rabbit hole of just like basically bashing on a game, whether it's your own or somebody else's. So it's, it's really a very important um, note for, you know, the rest of this episode and for any time you would attempt this on your own to make sure that you're, you're coming from a positive and constructive, you know, place. Otherwise, you're just going to be bashing on a game for no reason, you know, it's just going to be very negative and just, you know, useless to, you, you know, to improving your own game. And I know that I'm very negative and very harsh when it comes to thinking about my own performance and what I've done. So keep that in mind that even though it's very hard for you to offend yourself, you should still try to take the positive road when you're looking even at things you've done and how you feel about your own past. Well, yeah, I mean, another like if you're very hard on yourself and you're extremely negative, then you're just you could get depressed about the whole thing. Like, maybe man, my games are they're bad. They suck. I don't do good. Like, why do I even try? Like, you know, you're just going to again, there's this rabbit hole you're going to fall down into like, oh, why do I even bother? Whoa, whoa, it's me. You're going to turn into Eeyore, and then you're just never going to want to run a game anymore. On a, on a related note, I will say that if you feel like you're having difficulty running a game, if you're struggling with a game, talk to your players about it. I've had plenty of times where I'm like, wow, my game, I, I'm not doing much of anything. The games are interesting. I'm sure they hate it. And then I talk to my players. They're like, yeah, I can't wait to get back in. That was awesome. We're going to see what happens. we got a lot of plans. we got stuff in the works. You. You may have a negative view that other people don't share. And if you've got six people at the table that are enjoying it and you're not sure how well it's going, well, it's probably going pretty well if you got six people enjoying it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, so we want to start by talking about reflecting on your performance as a GM, as a game master. Once you're done stepping away from the table and thinking about what you've done, what you could do better. Um, so. You can start by improving your game by looking at what you did and how you may be able to 
improve on that and also what you did really well. Um, I know I do a lot of rehearsal of of scenes in my games. You know, I kind of try to practice monologues and I think about how NPCs are going to respond to questions. And a lot of times after the game, I look at them like, well, I didn't get to use a lot of the stuff I'd come up with. The players didn't ask those questions. The topics didn't get approached. Um, but I do still like to spend my time preparing and being ready for what they say. And usually in, in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that sounded a lot better in the car on my drive over. Yeah, well, things usually do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could also look at where do where did my players really latch on to something? You know, if you have if you have a combat that ends with the, the players cheering and high fiving each other, you, know, you had a good combat put together. If you have a combat that ends with a, with the players going, oh, oh, OK, it's over. Good. Then you had something that maybe you needed to engage them a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of areas where, like, after a game, I'll sit down and I'll kind of just look at the game. And I will try to assess what I did well, what I could improve upon. I see lots of opportunities where I can improve every game. I mean, it's people typically tend to be harder on themselves than others are, like you mentioned earlier. So I see lots of opportunities where I could improve upon my game, which is important. You want to find those opportunities. And even if the players did think you did better, but you don't think you did better, then that means that you could, in theory, still improve that. And they'll think you did even even more awesome the next time. But you also just, you still want to make sure that you're trying to find things and give yourself some credit for what you have done right. Again, trying to stay positive you know, and be constructive in that way. Because it's nice, you know, even if no one else is going to pat you on the back, you know, pat yourself on the back a little bit. And you're like, I did, I did run this RP really well. Like, you know, I role played this one section. Like, I have to say, like, I, I was really happy with how that came out. I thought it came out good. Part of me feels like players are kind of going to be like, the do- like your dog. You may think things are going awful, but they're still going to love you. Yeah. And some of that is true. Like, they might not even re- realize that, like, well, that session run isn't really that great, but I'm still super looking forward to the game because usually the game is really good. And, you know, you know, Jerry is a really awesome DM, you know, even though I didn't realize, you know, you know, in the moment that that session was a little, maybe a little dry or whatever the situation was. So there's still, you know, if you ask, yeah, man, the game's going awesome. Oh, last session? Yeah, last session was fine. Yeah, no, it was great. I'm still looking forward to the next game because not everyone's going to be really taking stock and like really assessing, you know, every moment of the game, which is fine. Not everyone needs to, but it's just an important, you know, situation where like for you, if you want to improve, you need to be actually looking at your game. You know, you can even, even if you don't ever plan on publishing anything or putting anything on the internet, it wouldn't hurt to like even just audio record your games. You can kind of, you know, kind of take the foot player approach. So like, you know, you have your game on Sunday, Sunday, you sit down and you, you watch the game footage and you look for all your opportunities that you missed. Um, and then we also do have the option as GMs to give feedback to our players. Um, that's a really useful tool that I think gets underutilized because a lot of GMs just have, okay, players show up, play the game, walk away. Um, you can talk to them a bit about their character development, about their background, how that fits in. You know, you can give them a little feedback, like, you know, oh, you said that you were playing a cautious character, like you were really hurt in the past and you're scared of you know of life but then you were rushing ahead of the party and kicking down the doors you know, you weren't really acting towards what you said you want to act to do you want to change change around what your how your characters like what you're planning for your character or was this just kind of a fluke and you're going to be 
thinking a little more about what you've already declared later on, giving those opportunities to the players to see where they may be able to tighten things up a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I personally think that there's not enough of that. And I honestly, I don't really do a lot of it in my games either. I mean, I kind of talk with people one-on-one here and there, but I don't like take a moment after the game, like, let's talk about what I observed during this game. I didn't want to break, you know, the the continuity of the game, so we didn't bring it up during the game. It's just kind of like a little footnotes, but I saw this and this and this. Again, you want to stay on the positive side. So I would start with any uh, situations where, you know, they would, uh, there was opportunities that might have been missed or, you know, things a little bit more on the negative side, but then I would move on to the positive so you can end on a, a nice positive note. So, okay, well, in this one particular game, I noticed that you were kind of maybe not really playing your character the way that they, he was supposed to be. You know, again, like you mentioned, the you're supposed to be a really cautious character, but you kept kicking in doors. Start with that, but then you'll end on the, but this one role-playing scene with the queen was spectacular. You know, there was some nice back and forth, some nice give and take. You really reacted well to how I, I would have thought you would have reacted to the, what the queen had to say. And just be very positive and encouraging. And just say, you know, I'm, you know, I just think that, ne- you know, maybe make sure that you're, you're keeping in mind that your character should be a little bit more on the cautious side, not kicking in every door that he sees. And that's also, there's a bit of psychology there for interacting with somebody. When you say the word but, then you kind of erase what you've previously said. So if you say positive thing, but negative thing, then they're going to see the negative thing outweighing the positive. Right. If you say negative thing, but positive, then they're going to go, okay, so this is, overall it was positive with maybe there might have been a little part that wasn't, but overall it was good. Right. And that's just, yeah, psychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dealing with your players, you're going to need to use it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. Now, this isn't just for GMs, as we said earlier, players. Players have a great opportunity because players usually don't have as much pregame prep to do. Mm -hmm. Then they play the game and they kind of walk away. So they have that free time. You know, the DM may also be using post-game time to, okay, let's wrap up what happens here, figure out what's happening next. How does this impact all of what's going on in play? Where the, the players just kind of, bounce into the world, cause things to happen, and then bounce off and back to their own lives. So they can take a lot of more time to look at what they did, what other players did, and what the DM did during their games, and then kind of reflect on that in order to kind of improve their own game. Mm -hmm. Um, This includes improving the game, as it were, uh, with the campaign. This is something you've done that I really liked. You tell that to the DM then the DM is going to think, well, how can I fit more stuff like that in the game if that's what they really like? Mm -hmm. Um, This is how you can also kind of transition if your game is a bit more hack and slash and you want it to be a bit more on the role-playing side, be like, hey, I really like that sequence we got to do with the guards. That was actually really fun to just kind of talk circles around the guy and bamboozle him and get through the gates. Right, yeah. And then, you know, the DM will go, oh, okay, they want want more role-playing. They want more conversation they want more interaction with the world Mm -hmm. and that's going to help skew your game towards the type of game you want to have yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of opportunity as the player um you get to i mean you're you're right there at the table you get to kind of be the witness to what's happening you um to you know from the dm side 
you can see what they're doing. You can see what you like. You, can, you know, you know what you like. You know what you don't like. So the in the DM is going to always be able to tell every situation. Like, yeah, they should be paying attention to the table, but there's a lot of players at the table. They're not going to catch every little micro expression of the table to know what's going through everyone's heads. So if you share that with a DM, you'll you'll be able to together collaboratively come up with a much more enjoyable game for everyone. Um, also, from the players' side, what kind of sparked this whole kind of concept? And you know, um, when I was talking with Jerry earlier, is as a when I get to you know the the few opportunities that I have to be a player, I tend to look at the game both in the moment, but even more so after the game, and look at what I liked from the, you know from the DM aspect and what I didn't like. You know, anything that the DM um, was doing at the table that I really enjoyed as a player. I can look at how did they do it? Why did I enjoy it? You know, like what, how was it that they approached this that, that made me enjoy this so much? Is this something that I already do? Is this something that I could do myself? Is this a, a different skill that I don't use typically or have that I could learn? Uh, and even more importantly, honestly, is things that I don't like. I mean, it's, I don't, don't want to say it's easy to, to run a good game, but you know, a lot of a good game is a lot of this, you know, you see a lot of it all the time, the same kind of skills, you know, they tell, tell a good story, they run a good combat, you know, they have some cool hooks. Not all that is always a new or unique skill, but anytime you see something or you instantly identify, I don't like what's happening right now, or you look back on the game like, well, I kind of didn't really like how this one scene went because of whatever reason. If you can identify that reason, you can quickly add that to your list of things not to do in your own game. And this also, we're when we were discussing this, before we started recording, uh, you brought up how you'll see something that you're like, wow, I don't like this. Wait, I do this in my own games. Yeah. Uh, because that came up and you're like, you took that as a realization that this is something that I do. And now seeing it as a player, you're like, well, this is, it's shutting the game down. It's not making it as fun as it could be. Yeah, it's frustrating for the player. Now I realize, like, I knew it was a little frustrating, but I didn't realize how frustrating it could be. Maybe I approach it a little bit differently, but still, it's the same end result. And it and it also this gives you an opportunity to kind of uh, you know flex those those alternative options. You know, you yeah. can okay. I know that I don't want to do this because it frustrates the player, but how can I achieve a similar objective without making the players feel frustrated or shut out? Right. You know. So how can I have that same kind of thing happen that's fun for the players without derailing or ending the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, you can become a better GM just by looking at it from that different perspective and being able to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think an important skill for, for any uh, of the different like little subtopics in this episode is you have to kind of be self-aware. You have to be willing to like, objectively look at what you do, what your skills are, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and identify those. And from a constructive place, work on how to improve or eliminate, you know, to, you know, negative habits or bad habits or things that you don't like and how to accentuate and even, even further prove upon things that you are good at. Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you can't be better at it. Um, as a player, you should also be reflecting on your character. Yes. Um, I know I've had a lot of characters that I figured out how I want to play them. I come down and sit, sit down to the table and I start playing and pretty quickly realize like this isn't going to work out. Um, I've had a couple of characters recently that I've said in retrospect, they were good characters for a book or for a story. 
but not for a game. You know, they didn't work as part of the party, or I didn't get to do what I wanted to be able to do with them. Um, so I started changing and tweaking them as we go. Um, if you look, there's a lot of instances of like book series or or TV series where where a character starts out one way and then changes, and there's no real indication to the change, but they but they're better after it. So you can kind of do that same thing where you're just kind of like, what my character was, was what I wanted to do when I didn't know how everything would work out. Yeah. And now that I've had the chance to play it, give it a shot, to reflect on how it went, now I can try to figure out something that's going to work better in the context of the game or in the context of the character. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also give that feedback to help other characters or help other players develop their characters. You can say, hey, I liked what you did with this. That was a really cool thing. You know, I, I like how you've kind of latched on to this one thing. And that's kind of your character's running joke. You, know, you can also kind of be a guide. You're like, hey, I used to do a character that did this. And this was part of the problem that I ran into. You might want to be thinking about how to address that. Mm -hmm. Again, you want to stay negative. You don't or you want to stay positive. Right. You yeah, don't want to stay positive. You don't want to be, hey, you're doing this. I used to do something like that. Don't do it because X. Right. Um, you want to share because ultimately everybody's characters are their own property. People can be sensitive about their characters, but you want to make sure that you can help guide them in things that you see. Yeah. Um, and also this may be, Hey, I just want to talk to you because like, I kind of feel like you, sh like you shut me down. Like I was trying to do something and you decided that, no, we need to skip through all these steps and go right to this option mm -hmm. where we, we still wanted to go through that and see if maybe there was something there. Yep. Yeah. And that's another thing too, uh, for like player observing other player, you know, Hey, could you like, you kind of have this problem where like your character likes to shut down my character. And at first it just seemed like it was something that kind of happened, but now you're kind of turning it into like a trope for your character. Like where it's just like this thing where you're constantly shutting me down. And while that might seem funny in a sitcom sort of situation, like, I'd like to have, I'd like to have a voice at the table too. You know, like I'm also a player and I would like to participate without you having to open your mouth and shut me down every time I open mine. So those are, but you got to make sure again, that this is especially for player versus, you know, not player versus player, but player communicating to player, make sure that you're very tactful about it. Make sure it's very constructive, you know, let them know that how, you know, something may make you feel or something that you've observed. But make sure, again, if you can, try to follow it up with a positive. Hey, like, I, I don't really care for how you kind of shut my character down, but I, I, I like the idea of it. And I think that's something that you maybe we can play up in certain situations I'd be okay with, but not all the time. I need to have a voice at the table. But I love that thing that you do with this other thing, you know, like that, yeah, other, I, that other idea you had. I think we could have some great interactions if you let my character have a little more play. So rather than just shutting it down, you know, we could have it where like our characters are are quibbling, like they're like they're always arguing outside, like they're always arguing with each other, and then you get in a fight and they're like back to back, yeah. you know, working as one unit, and mm -hmm. they're very dangerous. But then the fight's off, and they're back right back to like squabbling with each other again. Right, exactly. Also, like I was mentioning earlier, with the revelation of you know having my characters that work great for a book or for a story that don't work in a game. You may have you may see that in somebody else's character. Right. Yeah. And that may be a way to help kind of soften the edge. You're like, hey, if this were, you know, a solo adventure, this your character would be awesome, you know, in, in their own like book series. Mm -hmm. But maybe we need to figure out how they can work together because 
if they're in a, they're in a party of five other humans and they want to murder every human they see, then it might not work out so well. Yeah, probably not so good. Granted, that that's an extreme example that should have been headed off a while ago by the DM or by the player already, yeah. but still, situations like that can arise. Right. Yeah. Then we have the the last kind of uh, observation method would be just as, like as a spectator. So we have you know again if you're the GM. If you're the player, and then if you're a spectator. So you're not actually participating in the game. You're just uh, able to observe it. Uh, there are some times where I've heard about people just being in the room and watching other people in the room play. You know, maybe you have a, you're, have a friend that plays and they invited you over to watch just so you could get an idea for how the game works. So maybe you might join a future game. Or the more likely, you know, um, option nowadays would be you're watching, you know, something on YouTube. Whether it's our 360 Darkhound series. Or it's Critical Role, or Harmon Quest, or Force Gray, or any of those other options that are out there. Uh, there's tons of stuff all over the internet nowadays. But this is kind of one of those situations where, like, you have access to so many different groups, both from you know DMs and GMs, and also like just the player interactions. There's so much you can learn if you have the time to just invest, you know, and and watch, and not even necessarily watch the entirety of a series. Like, you don't have to go out and watch episode one through a hundred and whatever they're on of Critical Role. But if you just kind of like dab around, if you again, if you're just looking for like picking up some skills, if you kind of dab around, like watch a few episodes of Critical Role, watch the the Harmon Quest series is only like twelve half hour episodes, so it's not like the longest series. But watch a couple episodes of that. You know, binge watch Darkhounds every single weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the uh, uh, Force Grays, another uh, series with Matt Mercer as the DM, but it's a different group of players. Uh, it's also a little bit of a different format than Critical Role. Critical Role is like, you know, three, four, five-hour session that's, that was live-streamed. Force Grey is, you know, a little more polished. It's like half-hour episodes. So it's still a different dynamic, different group, you know, with the same DM. Uh, but, you know, so they all have different things they can offer. And as the spectator, you don't have to worry about hurting anyone's feelings. You don't have to worry about forcing something positive. If you Like, if you think it was just overall, I didn't like anything about this episode. You don't have to try to find something positive to share with them when you share your, your, your criticism. I've watched episodes online that I had to stop watching because of production values. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I could like, if I could give them feedback, that would be a big one is I can't handle this because your, your sound is awful and I can't tell what they're saying. Or you set it up with a 360, but I can only see one character at a time. So I have to sp- in my view every time somebody different starts talking yeah you know the, you can look at those and be like okay now i know what i'm looking for when i start looking for future stuff to watch right yeah if you can figure out what you don't like and start narrowing down what you do like then you know what you're looking for uh the same can be true or same thing can be said about many other different situations in your life but definitely is uh, is true in this situation so if you can watch these different uh, series, you know, say you've already seen every episode of Critical Role. It's extremely popular. A lot of people have seen all 100-plus episodes of Critical Role. You can go through and say, these are the things that, I, that Matt Mercer does that I really enjoy. But there are some things that he has done in some cer- certain situations that maybe I don't really care for. Or maybe I think could have been done better. Or if I was one of those players at the table... I might have been okay with it, but I might have been a little frustrated. Maybe something could have been done different. Or maybe some, one of the players at the table, you're like, I don't like how that player is acting. That was kind of rude. Or, you know, like, I don't think they're very being very considered to other players. I'm not saying that any of this is true or, you know, your opinion on any of these series, but these are different things that could happen. Uh, so 
you have a lot of opportunities to just see other players and other DMs in action, pick up what you do like, pick up what you don't like. Well, thing, to be fair, one of the things that we wanted to, to say is if you're looking at a spectator, when you're talking about or thinking about what did I like, what did I not like, never answer those questions with everything or nothing. What did I like? Oh, everything. Well, then go back and look at it. What specifically did you like? You know, did you like the way that the combat flowed? Did you like the way that the story was presented? Did you like the interesting ideas or the way the characters interacted? There should be something more specific than everything. Yes. Especially, what did you not like? Nothing. So the entire game was perfect. There will never, there was nothing that they could have done better, nothing they could have tightened up, nothing they could have presented better, nothing could have been more polished. And even if it was a perfect game, like, you know, like whatever deity you might believe in in real life comes down and runs this perfect game, identify the things about it that are making it a perfect game. Figure out what it is that you want to emulate yourself. Right. You know, if they run the most efficient, well-flowing, creative, best-described combat you've ever seen, take notes. Why? How? How did they do it? How could you repeat this? How could you begin to mimic this skill set so that you can bring that to your game. Absolutely. And the flip side is in effect as well. If you didn't like it, what did you like about it? Nothing. Well, if you sat and watched the entire half an hour, hour episode, and you couldn't find a single thing that you liked, there wasn't a single joke that made you crack a smile. Why did you sit through the whole thing? If right. it was that bad. And what did, what did you not like? Everything again. There had to be something in there that kept you watching. You know, even if it was something silly, like this guy's accent was hilarious. And it's not like a character accent, just like their natural accent. Well, then maybe you turn that accent into one of your characters because you yeah. want to use that. Sure. Um, there's there's always something you can find if you're really thinking critically about it. Um, and there is there is one last option for reflection that's a little awkward, but we should have a lot of opportunities for that. And that's listening to another player recounting a game you weren't at. When they start talking about their stories and they start talking about, Oh, Oh, Jared is an awesome DM. I love the games he's at. Oh, really? Well, what does he do? What, what's some of the cool stuff that he did? What's the tricks he uses? Or you had a lot of fun at your game. Really? Like what, what was the best moment? Like you could tell one story from this game. Tell me what really grabbed you. You know, then you have a like a game being filtered through another player and you're getting to see, okay, this is what people like. This is what people want to see. Yeah. And then you may be like, okay, good. I'm already I'm already there. I'm already doing this stuff. I'm already presenting that with those voices. I'm already giving players multiple ways to address a problem. Mm -hmm. Or you may be like, oh, that's something that sounds really cool. I want to try something like that in my next game because I think that would be better. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but basically the equivalent of like hearsay filtered through right. you know a player or DM's um, perception. So I mean, it is it is going to be filtered. It's going to be their opinion, their point of view that they're sharing with you. But like you, you said, you're going to get to see what they do or don't like about whatever it is story that they're telling you. And one thing I can say about gamers is when when they're in a safe environment, when they know that it's other gamers around, generally they like to tell stories. Yes. There's always tales being swapped. Oh, in this game, I did this. Oh, that reminds me in this game. I did that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that reminds me of three stories I've got. 
you know, yeah, they are old wives that will tell many tales. <laughs> but you, you have fun with it. You can pick up a tip or trick there. Yeah, definitely. Beast here and there, make things just a little bit better. You know, maybe next game, one of your players go, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, even after, like, we were already talking about this earlier today, we did our pre-show on this, and now having done the episode, I'm going to try to, you know, start incorporating, like, um, five, ten minutes after, you know, a session from now on, like, because it's something that I've already been doing on my own, you know, introspectively, but, I mean, I think that it's not a bad idea to try to set a line, like, set aside, you know, five, just five or ten minutes, doesn't have to be very long, just a couple minutes after the game. Tell me your favorite thing about the game. Tell me what I could, you know, like just go around the table, just like to fork. Cause some people don't like to say bad things or, you know, even if it's just, even if no matter how constructive it might be, just go around the table. I w- tell me one thing you didn't like about the game. Tell me one thing you did like about the game. Was there any notes that, you know, you know, that you have for me on top of that, you know, like, you know, does anyone have any notes for each other? Do I have any notes for any of these players? You know, just be sharing like the safe place. You will not uh, offend me. I can't promise that you won't offend another player, unfortunately, because I am not them, but you will not offend me. I want to learn. I want to improve. And and this, again, as we always talk about, it's about player trust and DM trust and that connection and the social contract and just like we are working together to try to have fun, make it a better game. We're not trying to rip each other apart. We're just trying to make something that we can all enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. And let's take some time in our free time after the game to to put as much effort into improving the game as we do before we sit down to the table. Yeah, about having fun, so have some fun. So thank you for joining us for our show today. As always, if you have any comments on today's topics or any stories you'd like to share about how you used it in your game, feel free to get in touch with us. Also, if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss, let us know. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Studio. Subscribe for exclusive access to early content and also a few other special surprises and tricks we've been putting up there. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. We are GMS studios uh, available on Facebook for you to like comment and subscribe. And we have new episodes coming out every week with more information on running your game. We're posting them on Podbean at gamemasterstudio.podbean.com through iTunes and available now on YouTube as well. Speaking of YouTube, check out our dark hounds, 360 VR campaign. Watch us play through, use the tips that you see here, and occasionally miss an opportunity. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your support. We'll see you the next time that we get back into the studio.